did I ever tell you about like Emo my tap. my pitch to like you know when you go to a fish concert in the Emo parking lot sometimes tap. there's just randomly Orthodox Jews there trying to get you to wear to fill in. Yes, I have a friend of mine in the Orthodox Jewish community from my parents who has seen 350 plus fish shows and is a full on black black hat rabbi. It's interesting. Tight, tight. Well, loose. I've uh, I've I I used to pitch that they should make like a jewish themed rearrangement of lyrics fish cover band <laughs> so they could do like wilson king of shiksas <laughs> wilson king of shiksas <laughs> you did work on the sabbath <laughs> um, i have you flip my lights <laughs> helping friendly torah all right this is horrible yeah dude you couldn't even pick something with the same syllables what would you do there Fucking crook. Okay. <laughs> Cue the theme. <laughs> I have too many cold opens today to roll on that one, but that that is normally where I'd push the button. Yeah, um, for sure. Dan. Nailed that one. Yeah, good job. Thank Thanks. you for saving me. Yeah, you're welcome. Save Tossed you a life raft. Save me. tonight and we'll fight the break of dawn. Come too tomorrow. soon. <laughs> a memoir. Disappoint my wife. <laughs> Dan. The Dan Lyons story. Fuck's sakes. Dan. Yeah. Welcome to the 99th episode of the Movie Blues Podcast. 99, dude. Wayne Gretzky. That's exactly what I was going to say. You took the words right out of my mouth. I know. I figured. Um. Wow. We did it. We did it. So we're going to do a lot of special stuff today, next week when we record our 100th episode, same place, same time, which will be Clerks 3, as everyone knows. Uh, but today... We're going to be doing the Mame. Yeah, the Mame. Are you, <laughs> are you excited? I'm pumped. So to get it started, I have a very special um, message for us that was recorded for our 99th episode on Stephen Summers' The Mummy. Um, so ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, former President Barack Obama. Hello, America. This is President Barack Obama, hero to all liberals and communists everywhere. Welcome to the Movie Blues Podcast, where today I will be entering my favorite film of all time into the national MBCU registry, The Mummy, directed by Stephen Summers. Let me be clear. There are only two kinds of people in the world who dislike The Mummy, those without a single shred of fun in their body, and also terrorists. There is no greater beta, soy boy, lactose intolerant move than disliking the mummy, and if you don't at least recognize the heroic performance of Brennan Fraser in the film, then you are basically admitting that you have a small pee-pee that barely fucking works. Secondly, I would bet my entire Kenyan birth certificate on the guess that people who hate the mummy are merely projecting the cataclysmic events of their fraught childhood onto their movie reviews, which is sad and irresponsible. The mummy is a film with big Egyptian dick swing energy, as if the two swollen balls of the sun god Ross squirted onto film strips. You'd be a special kind of stupid to hate the mummy, the kind of person who would rate Southland Tales above a film from Darren Aronofsky. Let me be clear, because being clear is clearly important for the sake of clarifying clarity. Hating the mummy in this day and age is such embarrassing optics that you might as well be outside Keith Raniere's jail in the middle of the night doing flashlight sign language with a dangerous pedophile. 
Almost no one on earth hates this movie, and I would hate to meet the kind of cold, soulless, ex-heroin addict who could possibly talk shit on such a motherfucking goldmine of entertainment. In conclusion, thank you to Dan Lyons and Dan Endin for having me on the show today. The movie Blues is an important American institution like the Joe Rogan podcast or Song of the South. Enjoy the episode, boys. Here's to number 99 with a film from 1999. Let me know if anyone wants to talk shit in the Dark Prince Emotep because my smart, beautiful daughters would gladly tie down a trifling-ass hater and kick him in the balls like two ebony David Beckhams. Anyway, thanks again to the movie Blues Fam and God Bless America. terrifying <laughs> it's so clear that the person who wrote that is the same person who wrote when alan met sammy <laughs> it, like dude I, uh-huh. then you should just upload that as a new app thank god you didn't have access to deep fake voices when you were making those videos it would have been a big problem definitely um but yeah uh thank you so much to barack obama that was wild for stopping in uh we're gonna have plenty more guests uh in the same way oh, over the next couple episodes so strap in for more um, hilarious character humor that I don't have to actually do myself. Um, <laughs> Dan Endin. Yeah. 99, baby. I know. I um, was thinking about, uh, it, did you ever listen to the podcast, um, We Might Be Drunk? <laughs> it's, uh, is that not our podcast? <laughs> <laughs> well, it, it's two comics. Our more... podcast is We Are Drunk. It's a very famous <laughs> podcast. It's two, po- two comics, and they oh. invite guests on, and each episode has a different themed drink that they drink throughout the whole time. Cute. Like, a cocktail or whatever. Right. And I was just like, well, we already, that's already our podcast, but it's just Scott or Seagram's Escapes. Hell yeah, baby. Speaking of. Seagram's Escapes. Sip happiness. Be happy or die. That music literally sounds like how I feel when I drink a Seagram's Escapes. Uh, really? Truly? Yeah. Um, what a festive, beautiful beverage. Uh, <laughs> Jack Shouty not quite ready for the Seagram's Escape. No, not for the new fire. Listen, man. When you're doing a prestigious podcast and you have a huge sponsor, it's not always up to you whether or not you like it. Yeah, uh, but luckily for us, we do. We like it. <laughs> I would like to mention also that uh, what you heard earlier, the Barack Obama thing, started during a long process of me trying to like respond to and one-up you training the computer to insult me last week. Okay. Um, and... At first, I what I wanted, because I had heard that this was a thing, was that you can, like, hire an actor from Kenya to, like, read whatever you want. You can send it to him. That's and, so problematic. And he'll read, like, literally anything, like 10 pages worth of shit. Right. Uh, I started looking into that. I found a company that does, um, they call them AI avatars. They are, you choose, like, a video game. They're features. And then they can give, like, meetings to your staff. And... 
they can do all sorts of crazy things, read like the minutes to your staff and it's like a person. So I signed up for a free trial of that and I sent in my script (laughs) for all the bits that I planned on doing kind of one after another. And it said, we will respond to you in five to 10 minutes and your AI video will be ready. Your first one. Right. And they never responded to me. They were like, fuck this. They were like, this is not, this is problematic. Then I looked at the fine print and the fine print was like, this is to be used for business purposes only. Um, all material will be subject to like a, an appropriateness review. Smart. And I was like, damn. They're like, we don't want people using our product for evil. <laughs> so yeah, that was precisely what I was trying to do. And they saw right through me. So shout out to the company Synesthesia for seeing straight through my bullshit. Yeah. Someone needs to. <laughs> All right. Should we talk about the mummy or the mummy? Do, mu- mu- do you have anything you'd like to discuss up front about the mummy? No, I'm good. Uh-huh. I had never seen The Mummy. Dan had never seen The Mummy. 1999's The Mummy, which might play in our favor here, or probably will not. Um, <laughs> uh, here's the thing about The Mummy. It isn't a genre of film uh, called, I would say, action-adventure. Um, it's kind of a genre that me and Dan both don't like. Yeah. Which is... I fucking hate Indiana Jones. Right. So, yeah, that's been made clear. And I, while I don't hate Indiana Jones, I'm not a fan of it either. It's like something I'll watch like 20 minutes of on TNT and then be like, okay, that's fine. Yeah, this I don't is hate like, it. I don't find that there's anything This genre is what TNT is as a channel. So let's go through some action adventure films really quick and try to determine if we've even seen some of these movies, yeah, what we think where about Where we them. land on the spectrum. Uh, Indiana Jones, obviously, we just mentioned Dan hates it. I, I just find it boring as fuck. Boring as fuck. Um, I find it also just kind of inoffensive and I've seen planned. four of them. That is all there is. So good job. Look at me, dude. Well, until this year. When? I'm not watching that bullshit. <laughs> I've seen Harrison Ford in fucking renewed IPs lately. I'm good. Uh, National Treasure. I've never seen that. I've never seen it either. Yeah. Never seen any of them. That feels like Fast and Furious to me. Where it's like, I know what this is, I don't want any part of it. Yeah, th- yeah. By the time that came out, I was just like, no. The Princess Bride. Uh, yeah, I've seen The Princess Bride. I own The Princess Bride. Um, Cat's a fan of The Princess Bride. M- moving on. I've never seen it. Really? Never seen The Princess Bride. It's really good. I mean, clearly. Yeah. Everyone goes crazy. I mean, Rob Reiner. Only seen... What movie. a fucking streak that man had. Princess Bride is the one with Mandy Patinkin. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah love that man but like don't really just never saw it just it never happened and again like this genre of movie is like well that's more of a comedy definitely i think uh considerably but it's still like just never appealed to me yeah is princess bride sort of a fantasy yeah it's a it's a fantasy okay it's got fred savage tomb raider one and two and the reboot i've seen none of those i have not either i think i saw tomb raider one Brief glimpses. But worth noting is that I like games like that. Uh, I played Tomb Raider a lot. Sure. I played Prince of Persia a lot. And the reboot, which I saw the first half of on like an airplane or something, is the exact plot of one of the games from recent times from Tomb Raider. And it just boils down to like, just play the game then. Yeah, yeah. Just don't think this is necessary. Yeah. Uh, And I don't think... I saw the Prince of Persia with Jake Gyllenhaal. I don't think Alicia Vikander, who plays the new Lara Croft, is (laughs) anything memorable particularly as a as a choice um what did you say 
I saw the Prince of Persia. I don't think I've ever seen Jake that. Gyllenhaal. No, I stayed far away from that. That yeah, was terrible. That had Arab face. And yeah, I didn't want any part of I it. I saw it on a plane. Uncharted with Tom Holland. I didn't even know that was a thing. <laughs> I knew you were gonna say that. I love. I have in paren next to it. Dan doesn't know. I'm a big fan of the Uncharted <laughs> video game series. I played all four of them. So they made a movie with well, Mark I, Wahlberg. All five of them, technically. Mark Wahlberg and uh, Tom Holland, and uh, it looks terrible. Yeah, that sounds terrible. The game is already a movie. Moving... Uncharted 4, top five games of all time. Yeah, this is what I've heard. Moving on. You know, those Sony exclusives get you. They do. I wouldn't know. I'm just I'm just trying to fit in. Um, I know. Now that I have a PS5, I'm all big dick swinging. Van Helsing, which is also the same director as The Mummy. I've seen Van Helsing, but not I have too. Like, by choice. It is god-awful. Yeah, it sucks. I mean, zero out of ten. Yeah, terrible. Just awful. Just miserable. I saw it at a party. Funniest portrayal of Dracula in that movie for anybody that yeah. like, really wants to laugh as hard as humanly possible. Go back and watch uh, Van Helsing. Uh, here's another massive piece of shit. Uh, League of Extraordinary Gentlemen. I've seen that, too. I have, too. Uh, Sean Connery is so <laughs> drunk in that movie. Of, of what he's in that movie, because he, I think it's like 95% his stuntman. Yeah. And Sean Connery had like a hard 72 hours on set. I think I own that movie, actually. The Goonies. Yeah, I mean, I've, I, I guess The Goonies is kind of this genre. Uh, the Goonies is a great movie. Great movie. Yeah. I haven't seen it in full in a very long time. Yeah, I haven't watched it in full oh, since I was a kid. Don't probably. really have the need to, but enjoyable, enjoyable movie. That's like, that's just one of those movies, dude. It's like fucking Stand By Me. It's like fucking Sandlot. Like, it's a, it's a great movie. Great movie. If you're a kid. Now, you know that this is like Dan Endon and I when the next movie I guarantee both of us have seen, whereas we like haven't seen... Some of the better movies on this list, but Billy Zane's The Phantom. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah, brother. Hell yeah, dude. That movie sucked. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, almost all but movies ruled. like this suck. The only movie I like like this, if we're being truly honest, and I haven't seen it in a long time, is Joe Johnson's The Rocketeer. That movie slaps. I haven't seen that. you never seen The Rocketeer? No. Holy shit. Somebody is probably screaming right now. I mean, not as much as me and Princess Bride, but The Rocketeer is classic, dude. Wow. Uh, Woof. Unzips list. Um, Kevin Costner's Robin Hood, one of my favorite movies. Yeah, of time. I've seen that. I love that yeah, movie. It's that, that, not movie. good. Not a good movie. I don't know. I mm -mm. In my head, that's a good movie. I watched it like last year. It's a bad movie. The last but... time I watched it was on Comedy Central on cable. So that's how long ago I watched it. <laughs> Comedy Central? Yeah. Why was it on Oh, wait, no. That was Men in Tights. You're thinking of Men in Tights. Yeah. Kevin, Kevin Costner's, Costner's Robin Hood. Robin Hood I haven't seen it even longer. I loved uh, it as a kid, though. Loved it, yeah. It was like definitely geared towards like getting kids to buy toys. I had like several Robin Hood Prince of Thieves toys. Yeah, Robin Hood had a moment in the 90s. Uh, Zorro 1 and 2 with Antonio Banderas. I saw both of those. Really? I saw Zorro 1 in theaters, and I saw Zorro 2 on TV. Same. Same. Same one-two punch there. Okay. Didn't see the second one in theaters. Yeah. Um, Enjoyed the first one. haven't watched either of them since the first, the only time I saw them, so. I believe Zorro was directed by Martin Campbell, who did, like, Casino yeah. Royale yeah, yeah. and Goldeneye. Antonio Banderas, I'll kind of watch anything in. I've heard the new Puss in Boots movie with him is incredible. I just I, keep I bet, that. dude. People just keep telling me that. I bet, dude. Um, Lawrence of Arabia. Like the OG? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that. I don't think there's any other. I'm quite sure they've remade Lawrence of Arabia. I don't think they time. have. That seems unlikely. I don't think anybody's been stupid enough to do that okay. yet. But, well, yeah, but I've, we I've should not that. be putting that out in the ether. Yeah. That's, that's for yeah, sure. Yeah, I've seen that. Of course, <laughs> I've seen that. Um, that's great. Romancing the Stone. 
That sounds familiar to me. I don't think I've seen it. I have not. I'm pretty sure it's like Kurt Russell swinging on vines or something on the poster. It's supposed to be a classic. People go crazy for that movie, I love too. Kurt Russell. Man, this list is probably really upsetting people up front. I don't care. Labyrinth. I've seen Labyrinth. Really upsetting movie. I fucking... Um, so Dylan's fiance loves Labyrinth. Yeah. And I was over their house and they made me watch that over the pandemic. And that movie sucks ass. It's upsetting. It's, uh, it's thirsty. It's a thirsty <laughs> movie. Like for kids, for men, it's very weird. I, I don't like the vibes in that movie at all. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Mileage. I've seen four Pirates of the Caribbean movies. Hmm. I think I have two. Um, they were the kind of movies, at least, that I felt like, as a, a youth, you could go to the theater and see, and it would be a good time. Yeah, I thought the third part of the Caribbean movie was pretty great. That's the one that people seem to hate the most. I know. Um, I thought two and three were a pretty admirable exercise, considering it's a fucking movie based on a Disney ride yeah. in a lagoon. Yeah. Um, but even still, we used to watch that. I watched that in school numerous times. I remember watching it in fifth grade, and then again, it was just a, like a teachers hung over and throw on a movie movie and i fucking it's just boring to me all that shit is boring that's kira knightley right mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's boring so uh, orlando we, bloom is boring too i think what we've proven here he is he's got a big dick though yeah damn. um good for him good for him uh good not for jealous Kate, at all good for katie perry get it girl dude katie perry hot yeah i'm into it I think this exercise, what it has revealed, is that A, we don't like these kinds of movies. Yeah. B, um, if Dan Enden didn't like these kind of movies, even as a child full of wonder, quote unquote, what on earth is he going to think about it when I make him watch it uh, in 2023? Yeah, I don't with have the a pressure good... of the former president, Barack Obama, who, by the way, <laughs> zero communists like. Uh, thank you for thank you for picking that apart. It means you were listening. Um. <laughs> Yeah, it's a lot of pressure. <laughs> but wouldn't you think that Barack Obama would think that he was a hero to the communists? That was the joke. Extra layer, glass onion. Think about it. I've thought about it. <laughs> I don't think so. Rejected. <laughs> <laughs> um, will Dan Enden like The Mummy? Uh, let's find out, eh? Uh. Get it. Let's go. Nine out of ten. Nice. That's where I'm sitting at with The Mummy. Okay. Uh, my situation with The Mummy is that I have seen it in the 200 to 300 <laughs> time time frame. Uh, yes, that sounds psychotic, but it was uh, one of the several VHSs that uh, they gave you at McDonald's during a promotion one time. I did also see it in theaters, but as a kid, I was not in charge of what VHS tapes could be bought. Is that something that you uh, relate to? I, I, like, it was up to my parents to kind of ultimately buy the movies because uh, I didn't have money. I was like eight. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> um, and we got uh, The Addams Family on VHS and The Mummy on VHS, and I just never stopped watching it over and over again. Um, this, unfortunately, is an audio medium. But the best image that I could have shown if this were some kind of video podcast is that my final picture of me at my bar mitzvah, which was movie uh, themed, as we all know, um, I'm draped in movie tickets, like rolls of movie tickets around me. And I have the blow up guitar and <laughs> the sunglasses on. I'm like on the ground looking spent 
and I'm like leaned up against a giant poster of the mummy. That's um, hilarious. So this movie is like uh, baked into my DNA, but yeah. a lot of movies are baked into my DNA and they don't always hold up. Um, and the mummy was a movie that wasn't considered a classic upon release. It got like a 60 ish on Rotten Tomatoes and people were fans of it more casually. Whereas today it's, a meme it's a movie that everybody kind of looks back i remember on. everyone fucking loving the mummy and going ape shit over it and i remember asking to go see yes. it and like that was a time where i was going to the movies pretty much every weekend and like my dad's not into that type of movie and he i was like i don't super want to see it so we just didn't fucking road to el dorado dude that's one of those movies fuck that shit too yeah it's not i don't really like road, road to el dorado that shit is boring it's like um Emperor's New Groove if it was written by Christians or something, like non-Jews. Um, <laughs> um, non-Jews don't write movies, Dan. <laughs> Shout out um, Daily Wire for producing movies all year. Fuck you. Ben Shapiro's not Jewish. Look, <laughs> look it up. Ben Shapiro's sister is pretty attractive. Yep, she's got some assets. <laughs> hey. <laughs> Uh, if you don't let me suck your dick, I'm gonna kill myself. Jesus. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe that was in a movie. Um, that movie had that and The Rock saying the n-word numerous times. Yeah, and I, you you were like, I was like, oh, Dan's gonna give this a ten. <laughs> <laughs> Not as predictable as you may think. Um, all right, so uh, the Mummy. Um, I'm gonna talk a lot about what I love about it, but I guess. Let's just get this over with and out of the way. Dan Endon, co-host of the Movie Blues Podcast. What did you think of 1999's The Mummy? Okay. Um, Uh-oh. No, I'm just going to... I'm going to call out... I don't have a lot of notes, but there's a couple things mm-hmm. that I wanted to call out. Sure. That kind of kind of sat around in my noodle with this movie. All right. Um, point one about The Mummy. Um, this whole premise seems like needless risk. Um, the, the cold open... Of the mm-hmm. of of when explaining everything, the curse, all that, mm-hmm. they're like, "Oh man, we're gonna put beetles on him and curse him like extra bad," and like the risk is only that, you know, if he gets discovered, he'll come out and destroy the entire world. Why not give him a slightly less terrible curse? That has been brought up many times. Uh, in, in like you're in, gonna have people watching over the hill to make sure no one unlocks and like just, in like just, dumb <laughs> movie movie critique like nitpickery times a thousand people have said before that essentially they're weaponizing emotep for no reason they're like they're <laughs> yeah. like turning him into like an atomic time bomb yeah he's a, to pri- he's a priest to eventually curse the world now i will say this in defense to your first nitpick that like the purpose of the hum die which is the ritual to which they put emotep through is that the scarab beetles will forever feast upon his flesh. Like, the 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 downside to that is he might be resurrected into the, an unstoppable, invincible, unkillable monster. Yeah. But the upside to that is that he will forever be tortured. Right. Um, that's the that's the risk you play when you do the hum die on someone. Continue. Yeah, they did. Continue. Someone needed to teach them about mitigating risk. But listen. You gotta hedge your bets. Here's the thing, too. Think about it from this way. Uh, by the time somebody did dust Emotep off, all the Egyptians were dead anyway. And then Emotep, in consequence, did raise many of those priests as mummies throughout the movie. So they got to have a cool bonus level to their lives as well. I see it as a net positive for the Egyptians, this, okay. whole, this whole thing. All right. Go on. Nitpick number two. Got it. 
um, were presented with it, an elite uh, museum historical artifact curator, mm-hmm. um, the female lead. Rachel Weiss. Yes. Yeah. Um, back-to-back weeks with Rachel Weiss. Mm-hmm. Um, Hell yeah. Gets handed by her scumbag brother mm-hmm. this insane artifact, which she promptly takes out with bare hands and flips a map open. <laughs> Just handles it very poorly. Mm-hmm. And we're supposed to buy that she's an elite muse- museum curator? No gloves? Dan, she's also, and this is a character trait seen throughout the film, clumsy. That's, That's true. Part of her character she- trait is that she is so smart independent strong but she is her one fault is that she's sillily clumsy like knocks over bookshelves da 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 so uh that is my response sir okay uh objection nit- nitpick number three mm-hmm. wasn't expecting a glenn livid ad mm. <laughs> my heart got like so warm when that happened i know i was like this movie was made for dad pure potting right yeah. there yeah now now this is pod racing Nice, dude. Thanks, man. Um, Go on. That's the end of my nit- nitpicks. Um, to counter that... Wait, can I give you one nitpick? Yeah. That I realized this time while watching it? Okay. That Emotep is not a mummy. <laughs> um, Emotep is cursed, and he is wrapped in bandages. However, his brain is never sucked out through his nose. The ritual of mummification... Which is an embalming process. Dan is looking at me like he wants to kill himself. No, no. Cat called this out immediately. But he himself is not a mummy, but there are other mummies in the film. Yeah. Now, I haven't seen the Boris Karloff one in a very long time. I have it on the shelf on Blu-ray over there. I kind of want to rewatch it and see if there are any. That should have been my homework for this episode instead of all these celebrity AI impressions. But um, (laughs) uh, the long and short of it is, yeah, Emotep is not exactly a mummy at any point. But, dude, there's fucking mummies in it. Relax. Yeah. No, Relax. literally within the first five minutes, Kat was like, that's not what a mummy is. I was like, oh, shit. So true. Thanks, Kat. She's like our best listener. <laughs> she always points out the best stuff. Um, um there's, a, there's a scene in which um, they yeah. go to Rachel Weisz's, uh boss mm-hmm. to show him the thing. Mm-hmm. And he uh, all slapsticky lights the thing on fire accidentally. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and that was hilarious. First was, off, second of all, but I wrote, "Surely he's in on it, bitch ass." <laughs> I kind of thought he was too. He's not. He is. He shows up later. He does. Yeah. Oh yeah. About? Oh my god. Yeah, but I didn't make the. I he, forgot the beginning when he burned the thing. I didn't make the connection that that was on purpose. Right away. I don't know if I've ever made the connection that he did that on purpose. Yeah. Right away, I was like, "This motherfucker." Wow. See, like with fresh eyes. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've seen this movie like Star Wars Episode One levels of times at this point. Uh, I, I guess some of it has attack kind of... uh, fucking pod racing movie. Yeah, the pod racing movie. Okay. <laughs> Good job. Thank you. <laughs> um, we're drunk, but it's not nighttime. It's ten a.m. I so... am drunk. <laughs> we're drinking. I have a tolerance. Next episode. Um, the music in this movie banged, banged, banging soundtrack. Yeah, I uh, so last week I gave uh, my entire sum up of whole nine yards was, have a few laughs. What else do you want? Mm-hmm. I wrote the exact same thing for this <laughs> for this movie. Right, I, I I enjoyed myself. I had a good time. I'm sure it helped being it, like watching it with someone who was excited to watch it. Sure, but you know we had some popcorn. Fucking had had a couple drinks. Okay, I had a good time. Uh, let me let me drop some hyperbole into the Brandon Fraser's just a delight, dude. He, he well, first of all, and we're gonna go through every element that makes this movie special. Now that I know that you like it, this whew, whew, this feels a lot better. Shout out, 
my heart attack. Shout out next week's episode. You get a heart attack, and you get a heart attack. <laughs> um, so, uh, Brendan Fraser, I would say this is his best role. I've always thought that this was his no way, most dude, delightful. <laughs> <laughs> um Encino man. He is so handsome in this movie too. I know he is breathtaking. He is a true specimen in all ways in this movie. His eyes, I just was lost in them. Here comes all the hyperbole I can possibly lay down about the mummy, and I, I don't give a fuck what anyone thinks about it. Okay. A Brendan Fraser's 1999's The Mummy is the last great action epic ever made. Here is why. Practicality. You will never see, like, in this movie. Will you ever see in a movie again? Nobody is going to put 500 horses. Yeah. A set that the has, set like, pieces were a, ridiculous. a 900-foot ceiling. Yeah. A scene Giant stone doors. In which a car hits 40 people in a row on the street, and they're flying off the back of the car. Yeah. Um... There is CGI in this movie, and we will get to, like, what kind of works or doesn't about that, but the... Ooh, wait, can we put a pin in that? Yeah. Um, so, Kat, as someone who has seen this a lot, brought up, and I have no idea whether you can verify this, you didn't get to watch your 4K Mummy thing, or did you? I have, before. Okay. The set that I gave you, I've watched all of them. She was it. saying that there were a couple shots that, like, digitally, they had, like, reined in, she believes, to make them, like, not look so shitty on modern TVs with like that I that I can't verify but I guarantee you a very quick Google search would solve okay I the way that I view the mummy is tough because I've seen it so many times on VHS right and on square TVs that the first time I watched it on a big TV, I was like, I feel like I have never seen this movie properly until like right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. So I don't know. And it didn't really have the like awkward scaling that I thought it was going to because of that. No. It looks really it was awesome. shot uh, like a kind of really classic movie. It has like, like gone with the wind framing on people basically and colors. And it's just, yeah, I mean, uh, now he, <laughs> here's the thing, like, Part of the reason the mummy is like kind of has like this little bit of a negative connotation with it from like an ultimately this is a classic movie of all time, I would say is the director like just like Stephen Summers made only bad movies really. What else did he make? Um, he did make a movie that I think is fantastic called Deep Rising, starring Treat Williams about a sea monster that attacks a cruise ship. Yeah, I've seen that. Have you? With, yeah. With Famke Jansen? Yeah. That's a great movie. <laughs> I don't remember if it's a great movie. It's, it's... terrible, but, like, it, it was a good 90s movie. That but was it... just in the era of, like, I'm just watching every movie that's on TV. He went on to make, like, Van Helsing and just, like, then Drek. Just, like, bad, horrible movies. And... Sometimes you can only catch lightning once, Dan. The other issue is that I think The Mummy Returns kind of retroactively harmed the reputation of the mummy and then the mummy three is like really bad they just they bring in the only thing worth discussing in mummy three that would make you laugh is that the first two mummies were made one year after another right like they immediately went the story is that steven summers woke up the day the mummy day after the mummy was released and had a message from universal that was like we will need one more immediately and they they went right into production on it I love The Mummy Returns, but it's a... 
It's got some fucking really insanely stupid shit and retconning. They like retcon a lot of the things that happen in the mummy. Uh, I hate that. And it, it it goes through a lot of bad cardinal sins. It also includes the worst special effect of all time, which is the Rock as the Scorpion King. Uh, I don't know if you've ever heard about. It's considered the number one worst CGI effect in history. I, I've seen memes of it. Yeah, so, it's wild. Um, it's super funny. Um, whatever. So like the Mummy never took off like huge and still having trouble. They rebooted it with Tom Cruise, which turned in like to what? the biggest meme of all time. I've never even heard of that. Yeah, uh, with Sophie Boutella from Climax. I would watch that as the Mummy. It's super terrible. Like beyond beyond bland. Really bad movie. I watched it. It was really awful. And they were trying to, at that point, <laughs> I'm sure you've never heard any of this, but that movie was made to kick off something called the Universal Dark Universe, um, which they made a logo to that ran in this, front of Tom Cruise. Is this Cruise's when they the were mummy. trying to reboot like all the monster franchises? This is when they were trying to marvelize any property they could. I was super into that idea. So they, I love those old monster movies. They dude. announced that the Mummy would be first with Tom Cruise, and then Johnny Depp's The Invisible Man to follow. Uh, Russell Crowe was Doctor Jekyll and Mister Hyde. And that all sounds great to me. The mummy came out as the first one and had like all this universe building. Russell Crowe shows up in it and um, it went nowhere. I mean, the movie flopped so, so terribly and it was bad. At least the invisible man became what it did. The people who invented that disaster, that had nothing to do with it. That's not in that universe. I know, but I'm saying like, at least that happened. If they had made a big budget Invisible Man With movie, they, they wouldn't have made that. It would have never been as good as that, for sure. Yeah. Um, I hope they do keep rebooting these things. I mean, like this movie. To go back to my original point is, I would say, along with Bram Stoker's Dracula. Yeah. The last two major cinematic epics to ever happen, because the mummy. Bram Stoker's Dracula is so fucking sick. The CGI was creeping in for the mummy, but there is so much practical genius going on inside the mummy. It is just like you'll never see movies being. There were so many shots in the mummy that I was watching like two nights ago when I watched it, where I was like, eighty percent of this shot would be digital. Yeah. Oh yeah. If it were made today, I can't stand eighty percent. So much of what we've been watching lately, I'm just like, I forgot. We watched something the other day where I was like. Did they film a single moment of this movie on a set? Right. Like it was so blatantly green screen everything. Then there's there were there were some shots of the mummy though. I did actually I forgot I marked that down. There are some shots in the mummy that are like needlessly giant green screen shots. Sure, and agreed. And like there's a moment where there's like three horses behind them and they're digital. <laughs> yeah, I mean there, there was a couple of bad digital shots in it, but like that's that's further proof that that it is the final epic. I mean it was made in 1999, and it was just the last movie to just like have that scope and be that enjoyable of a ride. And for me, I enjoy the mummy more than any of the Indiana Jones movies. Yeah. Same. I thought it was, I was really in touch with the humor. Yeah. Of the that's mummy. what I was going to say. It's like actually funny. Um, who's the actor who talks like this? What's his name? He's like the, the, the wormy guy in it. Uh, fuck Kevin J. O'Connor. Con uh, Kevin, I didn't write it down, but he's the guy who's like, um, 
Benny is his name. Yeah. He's like the best character. He has the fez. He's ridiculous. And he he has like the greatest voice ever. Um, He's also in one of my favorite movies, Master of Illusions from Clive Barker, uh, starring Scott Bakula, where he plays a very similar, like wimpy, insane person role. Um, He's so good in it. And obviously like his interchange with Rick O'Connell is like in meme history forever. Looks to me like you're on the wrong side of the river. <laughs> um, just love every line with him in it. Every moment with him in it is fucking great. I love when Rick O'Connell throws a chair at him like full force. Yeah. And it like fully connects with what whatever poor stuntman was doing his work that day. It was like in, it was uh, like malignant. Uh, yeah, that's what I was gonna say. Where, <laughs> where the creature in malignant yeah. throws the chair across the room. At the cop. <laughs> um love that. Um yeah, so music bangs, the visuals bang. The music is really sick. Yeah, it's great. It's just a classic soundtrack. I mean, it's just classic like adventure. And just like cool like like music. Middle Eastern motifs without being the like really Cringe. like Yeah, the like like subtle good orchestration. I enjoyed it. Um I really like um Arnold Vosloo as the mummy, who's a guy who does speak English, but does not speak English. I don't think at all in this movie. I think maybe in The Mummy Returns, they have him speak in English. Good for him. But, um... Span that range, he's, King. He's a real Adonis in this movie as well. Um, shout outs for me uh, in this movie as a kid. Anaksuna Moon's entrance in the gold body paint uh, changed my life several times over. That, as that happened, and I was like, oh, no wonder all my friends were watching this movie all the time. <laughs> I literally said that out loud, and Kat was like, Anaksuna Moon. I was like, what did you just say to me? It, it is literally like without fail to this day when she enters in the body paint, my pee-pee's like, that's what my pee-pee says. It says, I'm, I'm glad for you. <laughs> um, yeah. So, uh, you know, um, what can be said about the mummy that hasn't been said about the Obama administration? Um, just a perfect success. Nine out of ten for me, and the one is just like some of the effect shots that just were maybe a little too ambitious for the time. That being said, this is the year that the fucking Phantom Menace came out, and there is some kind of like weird timeless quality to the backgrounds and the effects. Like the cold open, which I love. I don't know if you were turned off by the cold open. No, I liked it. I was on board. I really um, enjoyed it. Because I was just like, immediately, I was like, this plot makes absolutely no sense. Right away, I can see this is a flawed plan. There's voiceover narration. I was like, this is everything I hate. But, like, it's it looks awesome, the music rules, and it's just, like, so absurd. I'm like, I'm here. I'm along for the ride. Um, Love that cold open so much. It just, like, here's the thing you have to remember about it, right? I went and saw this movie, like, opening weekend. And you had never seen a photorealistic Egypt ever. And this movie opens with such a dick swing opening shot, like straight to the pyramids. The fucking Sphinx is right there, fully built, like undestroyed. There are all these composited actors who are layered like a mile back where they were still at the point, like during Phantom Menace where they were filming people. 
and then inserting those people into different places. Yeah. Whereas today, those people would have been digital. Everything, there would have been no real filmed elements. It comes down on this huge shot of Egypt and like, I just remember being in the theater and being like, holy shit. It was like when you first saw the Titanic it's, in the it's theater. Like, it's like in that Fast and the Furious movie in, in Too Fast and Furious when there's that many cars driving around. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it is. It is definitely exactly like that. You're 100 percent right. Yeah. You're like, how did they get this many cars? Yeah. Um. Yeah, that was a moment. That like the Titanic, obviously the dinosaurs in Jurassic Park, all like huge 90s moments where you're like, holy you, shit. You know that meme where it's like talking about how like science fiction au- au- uh, author will write like, uh, you know, we've invented this uh, this thing called the fucking contrabulator. It destroyed the entire world. Like, this is a cautionary tale to not build contrabulators. And then it, like, cuts to, like, tech bros being like, so we were introducing our tech fabulator 3000. <laughs> so then yesterday, or like, this week, Elon Musk tweets, like, I could, <laughs> it'd be really cool to make a Jurassic Park. <laughs> Yo, uh, don't get me started about the possibility of that being a thing. Because your boy will be on the first fucking train. Yeah, I bet you will. And if I and fucking, then I'm taking over this podcast for good. If I fucking die there... That's fine. Great. Yeah. That sounds fucking sweet. Um, I want to talk about some of the things that I noticed in The Mummy. Yeah? Yeah. Because uh, I've watched it 275 times, but I saw some things this time, and I want to recognize some things about this movie that I think are incredible. Okay. First is that they still have not removed on the Universal logo when it begins. <laughs> Back in like the late 90s, early 2000s, they were running under the Universal logo in, like, I wish I knew the actual font name. It's like the hacking digital font you would see in like the net. Yeah. yeah. And it just says www.com universal studios.com. Right. Like huge yeah, banner yeah, yeah, yeah. beneath the logo. It's like embarrassing. Yeah. It almost makes me think at some point there will be like a giant hashtag. It'll be like hashtag universal. Yeah. Right underneath it. But that was the equivalent of it. Uh, that made me laugh really hard. Um, <laughs> um, hashtag Disney Warner universal. <laughs> Um, one of my favorite, and there are quite a few moments in this movie of fantastic editing and sound editing um, that are so cool. The first one, which has always been one of my favorites, is when uh, they're doing the home die on Emotep. They have him in the sarcophagus, and the music during the cold open is just like, like giant drums and just like really in your face. And then all of a sudden they cut it just in time to hear the scarabs being dumped on him. Yeah. And you can hear like the chattering of their feet all at once, like a giant wave. And it's just like genius moment of restraint from a movie that is pretty bombastic where they just sucked all the sound out of the room for the first time. And you just hear the feet like clattering against the vase. It was really a a good moment that I always liked. Um, My favorite comedic moment in the entire movie is when the Americans are in the shootout on the boat. And they're like, everyone's like terrified. It's like a harrowing, like kidnapping slash burning of this boat uh, by all of these like black clad men with knives. And the Americans are just loving it so fucking much. They're shooting their guns on you. Yeah. And they're like, yeah, get that boy. Get <laughs> yeah, they're all get like J.W. Pepper. And Jonathan, who shout outs, amazing character. Almost every character in this movie is amazing for for a different reason. But um, Evie's brother, Jonathan, looks over and he just goes, Americans. 
I fucking love that. Yeah. <laughs> Just like the look of a plum on everyone's faces when they're in the shootout. Um, Evie as a character, I think is really interesting and I've always really liked. She is like a good version of female empowerment without going OP and into Mary Sue status. She's like a strong female character that also can be clumsy and silly and get drunk and like be flirty with Rick O'Connell and have no bones about just like wanting to bone Rick O'Connell and not really giving him too much resistance or a hard time about it. Um, in a movie these days, like he, you know, Rick O'Connell would be played by Chris Pratt and like the female would be like kneeing him in the balls every five minutes <laughs> in the movie and calling him an idiot. And it's nice in this movie to just have like a dynamic where Rick O'Connell is just a hot fucking dude who knows how to shoot, spin guns and have a tan. And Rachel Vice is just like a little damsel who's really smart, capable and like funny, but also vulnerable occasionally needs to be saved because of her body weight and can't fight. She doesn't need to know karate. These days, Rachel Vice's character would be doing karate guaranteed and would flip Chris Pratt over. I hate Chris Pratt. <laughs> um, love the moment where Brendan Fraser pulls off a wick uh, of a stick of dynamite that's lit and flicks it away like a cigarette. Yeah. That shit is awesome. Yeah. That's I, some cool guy I love, shit. I love when movies have smoking references. <laughs> Thank you for that input. <laughs> <laughs> Anytime I see someone smoking a cigarette in a movie, I'm like, good. People smoke cigarettes. A uh, puzzling element of this movie for me is uh, anti-book sentiment. <laughs> uh, quote, no harm could ever come from reading the reading a book. And then the entire movie is caused by reading a book. Yeah. Kind of like Evil Dead, anti-book uh, propaganda. Yeah, propaganda. The mummy is right-wing fucking evangelical bullshit, dude. Um, <laughs> to this day. <laughs> so true. Fucking Josh. <laughs> know what i mean yeah i do um the point at which uh the mummy transitions from an action adventure movie to a horror movie big fan of i love a good transition when the mummy goes from like juicy <laughs> to like formed enough to start hunting his prey yeah then it kicks off like a lot of horror narrative tropes like they set up rules like a horror movie they're like emotep needs to go after every uh, person who opened the chest who has the vase to absorb their energy and become more whole and it's like that kind of video game yeah, yeah. Uh, structuring that makes it so that it's a two hour movie but it doesn't like feel uber exhausting because it goes action adventure pulse pounding uh, vibe into full on horror movie um, doing the best that it can is PG-13 and then um, kind of a mix of the both to, to finish the movie. And I just really love the scenes where like homie loses his glasses and then gets his eyes and his tongue ripped out Yeah, and is like debilitated. This movie was more brutal than I thought it was going to be. Um, yeah. And it, there's not a lot of blood, but there's no. a lot of like weird gore. Yeah. Um, shout out to all of the guys who were sucked dry. Um, <laughs> My brothers. <laughs> their uh, their corpses were from the movie Life Force, which I don't know if anyone's seen. Uh, it's a canon movie. It's one of the best bad sci-fi movies ever made. They use the exact same bodies, um, which is really bizarre. That would actually be a pretty interesting movie to do for the podcast, but ultimately no thank you. Um, 
and um, yeah, love that horror movie section and that vibe. Um, great scenes throughout in there. Um, you know, it's a good movie. What can you say about a good movie? You look bored. It's, it's good. Yeah, no, I mean, it's tough to... Like, you know, the movie's kind of a... I don't want to say it's a nothing movie, but there's nothing really to pick apart. It knows what it is. It does that, and it does that well. So I don't have a lot to say. Um, it's a, it, I always have a lot to say when I hate the movie. But this, I was like, ah, it's a popcorn flick, and I had a good time. Well, like, what else do you want? How are you going to knock a horror movie that runs a second trap plot line where it's the Ten Plagues? Yeah, what was that? Just for fun. Yeah. It was like, Emotep is so cursed that he brings the, the slave's plagues with him. Shout out to the part where uh, <laughs> Kevin O'Connor is like speaking in Chinese, praying to all different gods as Emotep is like interrogating him. Um, and he pulls out a Jewish star. Yeah. And is like. I was about to bring that up. Yeah. Is like. Uh, he goes through all the different fucking uh, all the different necklaces of all the different world religions. And then right. he gets. as soon, Dude, as soon as I saw that, I saw the Star of David. I was like, oh, I know what's coming. And then Emotep is like, the language of the slaves? Yeah. <laughs> I was like, this man is my brother. <laughs> You're talking about Benny? No, I'm talking about Emotep. Emotep. Yeah. No, I think he was... He was saying that you can be my slave because you used a slave language. I thought he was saying... No. Like, oh, Emotep man. is full-on Egyptian. Yeah. And his slaves are Jews. Oh, my God. And he, when uh, Benny starts praying in Hebrew, he's like, actually, I would like to hire you for a job. Yeah, I thought it was like, now we're friends. No. <laughs> we weren't friends back in Egypt, Dan. That's so true. Oh, my God. Yo, fuck my man, Emotep. I'm downgrading my score. This is right-wing Christian propaganda. Um... um... Dude, they and they br they bring him back for the next one, resurrection. You know? Do they? You told me they do. We'll see. Dude, someday. Christians made this movie, and Emotep is Jesus. <laughs> Holy shit! Josh in shambles right now. Josh being like, oh yeah. He's like, oh yeah. The text supports this. Oh wait, oh yeah. yeah. Um. We should have had Josh on for this episode. Uh, love the moment where the scarab crawls out of Emotep's neck hole and into his jaw yeah, and eats it. That was fire. Great. Uh, love Winston's last ride. His name is Winston. Say his name. <laughs> uh, and this ultimately is the movie where I learned the term comeuppance and through context. <laughs> I was probably like seven years old or whatever and saw the movie. And at, at one point, uh, Evie says to... Um, Benny, you know, someday, uh, like, dirty little rat fucking boops like you always get their comeuppance. And I was like, what kind of word is that? And then he gets, like, completely annihilated at the end of the movie. And yeah. I was like, comeuppance. Yeah, my man got his comeuppance. So just great context work on using a great word in yeah. this movie. Huge fan of yeah, that. Yeah, shout out to the English language. Uh, Dan, what is your score? And then we're going to do some trivia for The Mummy. But what is your score? Uh, for 1999's The Mumei. I'm giving The Mumei an 8 out of 10. That's solid, dude. Yeah. I'm shocked. I just didn't want to get yelled at by anyone. <laughs> You're doing this under duress? No, I'm kidding. I, I had a good time. Okay. 
Okay, good. You know, and it was like, it was the first 4K Blu-ray I watched. That was fun. You know, that Universal logo came up, and I was like, oh my god, this is better. We're doing it. Yeah. I'd, and dude, this, dude, the sound mixing yeah. through my speakers was so fucking sick. Same. Great was, sound mix I was just, on the I was like, this was, I was happy that that was the first 4K Blu-ray I checked out. Wow, this is, this is adorable. This is so nice. Let's all remember this moment. Yeah, because it'll we, never happen again. As we head into uh, next time. And, um... Other than that, I'm going to, like I said, give it a nine, and then we're going to move on to some trivia here. You ready? Yep. What is that sound? It's me when I finish. <laughs> That's my favorite dude from this movie, the little Arab guy. Yeah. Uh, who, like, he's, like, scooping. You know, this movie had the right dose of cultural appropriation. It did. Yeah. It all felt genuine. Yeah. It didn't feel, feel like ham-fisted. He was so funny. Um, Some of it felt a little a little uh, dated, but that's when he they reined it in. He's scooping the scarabs out of the thing to steal them right before he dies, and the hieroglyph on the wall is like a pharaoh with its head to the side and its mouth open, and he like does the same pose, and he's just like, <laughs> love it. Yeah, love that guy's performance. The silhouette. Um. Trivia. Brendan Fraser nearly died during a scene uh, where his character is hanged. Rachel Weiss remembered, uh, quote, Fraser stopped breathing and had to be resuscitated. Like his career. <laughs> Shout out the whale. I don't want to watch that movie. It's going to make It's going to be so sad. The library disaster was done in one take. It would have taken an entire day to reshoot it if a mistake had been made. Wow. The white nightgown Evelyn wore when the ship was attacked became transparent when it went when it got wet and had to be digitally painted uh, during post production so the film could keep its PG thirteen rating. Cowards. Uh, um, Jonathan Hyde's close up scene during the locust swarm had to be reshot several times. So this is again like something in movies today would be hundred percent CGI, but uh, uh, that actor Jonathan Hyde who is like the dad from Jumanji like. He always plays the stuffed up British guy. Yeah. Such a classic, like, oh, he's in Titanic too. Yeah. Stuffed yeah. up British guy. Um, uh, his close up scene where he's holding the book of the dead and all the locusts are crawling on his face. Um, was real. Like they covered the dude in fucking locusts. Wow. Um, had to be reshot several times. He could not keep a straight face with so many bugs crawling over him. <laughs> um, in 2004, Universal Studio theme parks opened their uh, Revenge of the Mummy rides based on both the movie The Mummy and The Mummy Returns. The rides became so popular that the lines would stretch into the main parks with riders waiting for hours in the hot California sun. To alleviate the stress of waiting when the lines would move, fans of the movie would wearily chant, Emotep! 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 Uh, as the hypnotized townspeople do halfway through. I saw a video of this as well because I watched an interview with Jonathan Brandis that they got with him when he got off the mummy ride describing it. Long story how I got to that. Um, <coughs> shout out Jonathan Brandis. Rest in peace. Do you know who that is? No. Nope. Really famous actor from the 90s. He was the star of the Never Ending Story 2 and Sequest. Really famous. Um, <laughs> committed suicide. Um, Yo. Anyway. Richard Jenny. <laughs> Emotep. Um... That's what I'm going to do when I'm standing in line from now on. Um, to avoid dehydration in the scorching heat of the Sahara, the production's medical team created a drink that the cast and crew had to consume every two hours. 
Sandstorms were daily inconveniences. Snakes, spiders, and scorpions were a major problem, with many crew members having to be airlifted out after being bitten. While the film made extensive use of computer-generated imagery, many scenes, including the ones where Evelyn is covered with rats and locusts, were real, using live animals. The locusts shown in the scene in Hamanatra were mostly computer-generated, but a number of live grasshoppers were used for the shot. They were chilled in a refrigerator to make them more sluggish and easy to film. I love that. They don't make them like they used to. They truly don't. <laughs> the name of Oded Fair's character, Ardeth Bay, isn't used once throughout the entire movie. This is something I did not know until this watch. Uh, until the end credits. It's not until the next movie, The Mummy Returns, that his name is actually said aloud. Which is weird. Didn't know that. Um, the line, think of my children, given by Benny in the scene aboard the riverboat was ad-libbed by Kevin J. O'Connor. That's funny. I think I've been saying his name right. Wow. Look at that. Anyway. Good, good for you. Um, Leonardo DiCaprio was rumored to have been offered the role of Rick O'Connell. <laughs> Hard pass. Yeah, the hardest pass. It's believed DiCaprio was said to have loved the script and wanted to be in the film. However, he had already agreed to star in The Beach. It is also said The Beach that... bangs. <laughs> it is also Dude, I watched The Beach recently. Still bangs. Still bangs. I know. It's, it's really good. Still bangs. Still bangs. It's... <laughs> it's also been said that DiCaprio asked if The Beach could be delayed... So that he could film the mummy, but producers refused. However, filming of the beach was delayed anyway. <laughs> yeah, go fuck yourself, Leo. Fuck yourself, kid. Brandon, all day. Go fuck yourself. Dude, this movie had big Let's Go Brandon vibes. Prick. <laughs> let's Go Brandon vibes. Yeah, the whole time, Brandon Fraser. I'm just like, let's go, dude. <laughs> Sick. <laughs> all right, here's some, here's some news that, like... Um, is sad because honestly as good as the mummy is i would have maybe liked to have seen this more okay when clive barker was attached to the project oh the film was intended to be a low budget horror film barker's vision of the film was violent with the story revolving around the head of a contemporary art museum who turns out to be a cultist trying to reanimate mummies of course that's what it was about george a Rem yeah like a, <laughs> a weird gay guy who like reads gr grimoires and is like working on spells yeah um it's like literally what every clive barker yeah. movie project is my about. man's gotta lean my man has a hard fucking interest uh set <laughs> that, uh, anyway um George A. Romero was brought in with a vision of a zombie-style horror movie similar to Night of the Living Dead, hard pass. Can these motherfuckers do anything else? <laughs> but this was considered too scary. Joe Dante's version would have cast Daniel Day-Lewis as the mummy. What? This version, co-written by John Sayles, was set in contemporary times and focused on reincarnation with elements of love story. It came, to, came close to being made with some of those elements, like the flesh-eating scarabs, making it to the final product. However, at that point, the studio wanted a film with a budget of $15 million and rejected Dante's version. Uh, yeah, that's so, some of the other attempts that were happening at the time. Cool. Uh, for the television broadcast of the film, a small bikini was painted onto a Noxuna Moon's body. Pathetic. <laughs> it's a fucking outrage. <laughs> the plastic dummies used as desiccated corpses in the film to represent the mummy's victims are the same as those used in the... Oh, yeah. I yeah, you already said that shit. Delete again. Double delete. One of the unfor... Uh, one of the unfor... Triple delete. Quadruple delete. Oh, my God. One of the unforeseen problems with shooting in the desert was that the sand would cause all the guns to jam. The firing of weapons would be later fill in, filled in by ILM. 
Josh in shambles. Josh in shambles. Some cast members actually thought the movie was cursed when the film broke at the premiere. Okay. <laughs> Hard facts here. Arnold Vosloo and Oded Fair. So that's uh, Emotep and like the protector guy. You know, you know. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Have both played Mossad officers in the TV series NCIS. Great. Arnold Vosloo and Oded Fair also both played evil beings on the series Charmed. <laughs> Great. So things not going too well for either of those no. guys. Oded Fair no longer on Cameo. That's that's a shame. Not going to say how I came to that fact. <laughs> um. Anyway, uh, Tom Cruise, Brad Pitt, Matt Damon, Ben Affleck, Chris O'Donnell, and Matthew McConaughey were considered for the role of Rick O'Connell. Man, one of those things is not like the other. Ben Affleck, right? <laughs> <laughs> I think Chris O'Donnell is a better actor than Ben Affleck. Is that a hot take? I don't know if it's a hot take, but what a fucking... God, every movie just had those four dudes forever. All right, Dan. Thus concludes the 99th episode of the movie blues podcast yeah do you want to do like so we've been doing like every other episode we reveal our movies for the next time mm -hmm. do we think we should do like you reveal one and the next episode i reveal one only if you're ready to do yours no i want to i want you to go first this time fuck i knew you were gonna say that then no okay because i i i'm still in uh my refractory period <laughs> okay <laughs> <laughs> like end on that note dude this this process of me picking one you picking one man uh it's been fraught for my decision making it's really tough because we used to like riff yeah i didn't always come in and be like fuck you we're watching this sometimes i did but like there were a lot of times where i'd be like what do you think about this and we would go back and forth like all day about something now it's just like i gotta shove something down your throat it's gotta be hot it's gotta be long yeah Baby. It's the only way I'll take it. It's turkey time. Gobble, gobble.